I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Dear Joe King podcast with SJ and Eva B. We are a three-way Zoom podcast from London, Dublin and Madrid. And thanks for listening. I have become a fake tan kind of addict. Can you see me arms there? Oh, Jesus, yeah. Yeah. I've just gotten in the habit of doing it at night very quickly with the glove and the mousse and into bed, black pyjamas investment, very good. And then the shower in the morning and it it comes off and you're fresh and you're brown. It's actually magical. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I told you about my devs, didn't I? I I went to my devs with my friend Dee. I got we put on a fake tan bottle, I tell you now, and the two of us put the fake tan. And of course, there was a tan that would develop over time. And we were so (laughs) clueless. We're talking 1985 now. That we flashed it on and sure there wasn't any sign of any colour. And we just kept going. We put the entire (laughs) bottle on and we got blacker and blacker and blacker as the night went on. And by the the end, honestly, I was the spit of Halle Berry. I was like... Well, Jesus, I mean, I'd love to be described to Halle Berry. Yeah. Honestly, and the lads' shirts that were gross, they were covered in the tan. Oh, oh, oh yeah. And I was in a white dress. Like, it was utterly, it was pure filth. <laughs> I wore a white dress for the Debs. I don't, I don't think I've ever shared my Debs story with the two of you. There's no time like the present oh, podcast. <laughs> you're, no. you're sharing it with a lot more than us two now. Go oh, on. Oh, well, I know. <laughs> so... The devs, you know, and you're at the excitement and it just takes up so much mental space and you're looking at the dresses and you're drawing the dresses when you should be listening to what the teacher is saying and the excitement and who we're going to bring. And in the end, I fancied this guy and I decided that he was the one I was going to bring to the devs. And and um, we invited him over to the house, obviously, for the photos beforehand my aunt and my cousins came down. It was a big event in our family, right? But the Debs coincided with my father's departure to England. And he was going to be moving to England for work for some time until my mother would then join him. Because Farewell and a good luck to you on a combined occasion. Combined hmm. occasions. Um, but the tensions, which I didn't quite understand the, the, the way in which my mother must have been feeling, you know, um, because it was all about the devs, but also dad was leaving and, and, the, and, and my sister, younger sister was going to be going to boarding school soon after that. So it, there, it must have been a very stressful time. And sorry to interrupt, but was your dad going to be going for a long time? He was, but my mother was going to join him, you see. Um, He was the marketing director for Kerry Group and he was going off to set up shop essentially over in England. So it was all of this was kind of bubbling under the surface. Your man arrives to the door and and. I put my coat on right away. It was just kind of, let's just, let's just go. And I was a bit nervous and everyone's a bit nervous. So we never took any photos in the living room, which is the standard where the the guy and the girl, they stand. And 
And off we went to the depths. Had a great night, fantastic night. Got the shift and everything, you know, myself and himself. The lovely very time. Successful very successful story Debs. so far. All very successful. And then the next day, I noted that my mother was very upset because she hadn't taken any photos. And I said, don't be worried. It's grand. Sure, I took loads of photos last night. And so went off, got the, the disposable camera or whatever camera I had, went down to the chemist, got the photos developed. And sure, they were all like Deb's photos, drunken photos, you know, just nothing that you could hold in your hand hang and on, go hang on the wall, <laughs> hang on the wall. Nothing like that. It was just all of us kind of doing bad selfies back in the in the early 90s. And so my mother was this is this is not great. And I said, it's fine, mom, don't worry about it. But you see, my mother really wanted a keepsake of the Debs, you know. So a couple of days later, I came home from school and on my bed was my Debs dress. And I said, what's this doing here? And she said, OK, now don't be mad. Brian is going to come over. The lad? The, the, oh, the Jesus, lad. she called him herself. Oh, Jesus, carry on. <laughs> she, she rehired the tux. And, and Brian. Brian came over to the house for a photo session. <gasps> she wanted a reenactment. She wanted a reenactment. And not only that, but Brian's oh, mother was only oh. delighted with the thought of that because she'd gotten in touch with the mother. And she said, oh, can we get in on that? So we traipsed into the car, went up to his house where we had another photo session oh, up in God. his part two. And like when he arrived to the door, the two of us staring at each other. I looked at him and I went, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and he went, it's fine. I'm so sorry. Uh, I didn't know what to say. I was 16 years of age. I'm never going to get over this. At 16, that is huge. I'm just imagining if I did that to my daughter, she would kill me. I mean, I wouldn't even dream. Well, that's the difference in the times between then and now, because I, as a mother, wouldn't dare cross the line and do something like that. Yeah, Yeah. but back then, they ruled the roost. Maybe it was better that way. I don't know. Anyway, listen, the, I took it, took, took that into the classroom the next day. And I it was just, it was like I was burdened with this big secret that I didn't want to share with anyone because it's, it was just so mortifying. Um, but in the end, actually, it just proved to be kind of a laugh. And then we got the photos back and we were kind of <laughs> looking at them, but it just... It's just awesome. wasn't the same. It just <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't the same. the same. Well, the only thing I'd say as a positive, no, I'd say it was desperate, the reenactment. Oh, Lord. But um, I have no photos except a couple of pictures that were taken in Dee's house. Very grainy. You can't really see them. I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> I'm black. There's no point in pretending. I, I was nothing but black. Um, so I'm kind of sorry I don't have a better picture of it because really serious. And I would frame it and put it up on the wall to make everyone laugh. It's one of those things that it was, I couldn't really, I couldn't really talk about it for a long time. It was too stressful. You were too embarrassed. <laughs> too embarrassed. My poor mother, like, and I think about her. She must have been stood up to Hido, you know, for two teenagers. Like, can you imagine, Ollie? 
Oh, it wouldn't happen. Like, it just wouldn't happen. Well, tell me this, because this brings me nicely now into teenagers, talking about teenagers and D in particular. Well, this is aimed at both of you, right? Because I I thought that I was, um, you know, quite like down with... With the teenagers, I got friends who have teenagers. D yourself, but I don't. I don't see your kids obviously very regularly. But Alison's kids are are sort of in the teenage years, and I can't. And I've other Paul Hickey's kids, yeah. of course, as well. Yeah. And recently, when I met, I met them all recently, and thought, I'm I'm not that down with the youth. <laughs> I either didn't know the music that they're on about. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, TikTok is still a, a complete fucking I have no idea what the fuck is TikTok I mean I know that people make videos but I have no idea why or how or when you should do it so then all right I'm gonna put this to you right I got a little if I said this sentence to you can you tell me what this means right oh I love this this is wonderful I'm excited okay now this is bear in mind this is London slang okay, okay so it would be different probably but it might some of it might be similar but the point being is that wherever you're from be you living in madrid or dublin or london there is a vocabulary that is completely beyond us that is just like incomprehensible so here's this, a sentence put together right come to my end for a motive you might meet some leng blokes or peng girls it's going to be well lit that's no cap just don't be jarring or start beef with any clapped neeks because you might get chef for flexing Okay, go the first bit again. Now. Oh, that was a lot. <laughs> Let's go through it again. Come to my end for a motive. Come over to my gaff for some reason or other. <laughs> a motive might be more. Might be more for a motive than for some no. reason or other. Drugs. Would there be drugs or drink involved <laughs> in a motive? No, no. Come to my end. Come to my neck of the woods. My yeah. yes, my yeah. my for yeah, yeah. a motive. Now a motive is. Nothing to do with the murder, anyway. Uh, but, uh, no, it's for it's a party of between. This is quite specific. Fifteen and thirty people. Oh, that's oh, smaller than, anything smaller than that is a gathering, and a party has to be fifty plus. So a motive is anything between the fifteen and forty. Okay. Wow. Right? Oh, news. Okay. You might you might meet some lang blokes. Langers. <laughs> <laughs> and now meat what do you think you think meat is just meat meat isn't just meat meat, meat is kiss oh kiss. meat is kiss oh you might get the you shift might, you <laughs> might get the shift some lang blokes lang is good looking right Ooh. or peng girls peng is pretty wow it's going to be well lit we're not talking about lighting we're going well, well lit keep it's going to be like it's going to be keeper lit well it'll lit. be great crack cool. well lit well cool. supplied cool cool cool, cool. cool. okay well, that's no cap. That's no shit. No that's no lie. <laughs> no idea. Just don't be jarring. Don't be don't taking be your time. Like, come on now. Don't be annoying. Oh, don't be annoying. Jarring, okay. Or start any beef. Or start beef with any clapped neeks. Don't be starting or any fights. Fight. That's don't be starting any fights. Yeah. Yeah. Beef is fights. Clapped neeks. People from Clapton. <laughs> Clapped is ugly. Neeks are geeks, right? Because so you might get chefed. Chefed is stabbed yeah. up, not knived. Stabbed. Yeah. Yeah. Perplexing. The knives. Well, it used to be shank, shanking. I know shanking in prisons. You hear of the shanking in prisons. Chefed is knifed. Chefed for nicks. Perplexing. Wow. Perplexing. Are you telling me that the teenagers you know are speaking like this 
I put a... this sentence together oh, with okay. all the, the new vocabulary I learned over the last week. Amazing. Oh. And flexing is showing off. Yeah, flexing your muscles. So flexing. Like flexing your muscles. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I get that one. That's the only one. I mean, one. that's a different language. Oh, that's a different language. And this is specific, specific to London. I'd be interested now if you, if you asked Holly to give you some of the words that have been used for things like, you know, good looking she, she definitely has words. I, I don't know yeah. them. I don't think motive is in there or any I've never heard yeah. of those but I'll, I'll ask um, yeah. but in relation to trying to stay cool and stay with it like I know I have no interest I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't go there I actually think it's a bit embarrassing to try to stay cool <laughs> and keep up with teenagers that's a bit yeah. more well that's, that's how I just move on. Like, I embarrass on. myself yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're grown up. You're not a teenager. Yeah. yeah the no, teenagers I, are embarrassed by you. So just 100%. Uh, yeah. I've learned yeah. fairly lively not to try to hang with them, not to <laughs> try to. Yeah. Uh, gee, if the friends come over, I scarp. I'm afraid of them. I'm like, oh, well, hi, girls. I'm gone. Five minutes of chat. Uh, five minutes of chat. I'm very fond of them all. I'll a bit of chat. And then you kind of know they'd love you to go. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, I think myself and Ross made the mistake of trying to be. Cool. Oh yeah, we'd hang out there. Yeah. And then going, oh no. Oh, no, yeah, no, you learn. They're really embarrassed. Fast. Everybody's embarrassed. No. Mm, this backwards. I wasn't. I mean, here's the thing. I wasn't cool when I was a teenager. <laughs> 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 what are the chances I'm going to be cool with them now? And you know what we did this morning? Um, it was such a middle-aged moment for a married couple. Welcome to my world. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was hilarious. He said, um, I have to go to the doctor because, you sexy. know, he's, having, he's so sexy. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay, I'll see you later. And then he said, no, I'll be back quickly. I, I, I only, you know, it's a blood test. And I went, oh, I need a blood test too. And he said, do you have a volante, like a, a prescription to get one? And I went, yeah, I got it from the gynecologist the other day. And I said, oh, that's so cool. We can go both have blood tests together and then we can go for <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> Right? So after so he dropped Lewis to school, he comes back and I have my thing and then we're like, oh, this is great. We're like a little breakfast date. Off we went to the, to the clinic. Um, there was a lovely guy who was so nice. He was so pleasant. His name was Matteo. And he was like, de donde eres? I said, Irlanda. Oh, yo conocido que eres irlandesa. Con tu piel tan bonita. And I was like, who are you? Oh, no, just keep on talking. I yeah. love when she breaks into Spanish. It's like the erotic. excited sitting here. It was the least painful blood test I'd ever had. Do the guy again. Do the guy again. Do the guy again. Do the rest of the podcast as the guy. (laughs) And he was very camp. That's what I was enjoying. Super camp, right? And he had these tattoos down his neck and I could see when he leaned over me, he had this fabulous tattoo down his chest. So we were both kind of reacting from each other. And I said, I said, and I knew he wasn't Spanish and, and, but you don't want to assume either. I said, Tú no eres de España, ¿no? No, cariño, no. Yo soy de Colombia. Oh, Colombia. He's like, yo quiero ir a Irlanda. ¿De dónde eres en Irlanda? ¿De dónde eres? I said, Kerry, en el sur, el sudoeste, lo más bonito, lo más bonito como tú. Y as he did that, he put the thing in his, and, and I did this 
didn't feel a thing. And I was like, me encanta tus tatuajes, pero gracias. Y cuando ¿cuántos años has estado aquí? Siete. Siete. Oh. And then I told him we were leaving. And he was like, de Madrid. Pero sí, es mucho edad. No, yo, no. no. <laughs> I mean, I can't understand a word, but I'm understanding I everything. absolutely adore it. And I feel like I'm listening to a Spanish soap opera. It's wonderful. Oh, God, <gasps> I'm a bit in love with him. Oh, he was yeah. And you, when you do that voice. And oh, you. he was just gorgeous. He was so nice. And then I went out and then I came out and Ellie was like, <laughs> and I was like, his name is Mateo. He's fabulous. And then Ellie did. And then I could hear, Susie, oh, the dummy Eric. And we just had our blood taken and not mine were taken to check my hormone levels for menopause and his were, you know, for, so it was the most middle-aged moment <laughs> we've probably ever had. I said, Sure, this, this woman here, Dee, had her veins done on her birthday. I, yeah, I'm all over this. Blood yeah. levels and, you know, I'm in that thick of all Welcome to our lives. <laughs> There was a, I don't know if either, you probably didn't see it now, you're Madrid-based, but I wonder, did you, Eva? Because um, oh, Davina McCall did this programme about the menopause. It was actually phenomenal. Um, it's on Channel 4. You can probably get it on the players. Really worth watching. This is What okay. an eye-opener. But God almighty, do you know what I was really taken aback by? That this is suddenly like... Yeah, that menopause is a thing that needs to be have the taboo taken off it. Like, are we, and I'm kind of going, yeah. are we still at this yeah. stage yeah. where even the word makes people go, yeah. you know, it makes it's me feel physically. But yeah, the, that is. Yeah, my mother, um, when we were chatting a couple of weeks ago, right after that, that, she said, oh, they're all talking about the menopause on Joe Duffy. And Anne-Marie, my oldest sister, is listening to it as well. And um, she said, I, I just think it's wonderful that people are talking about it because, you know, my generation, we didn't have the menopause. And she said it in a really kind of a sarcastic tone, which I was very happy to hear because it was the first time she'd ever really discussed the fact that, that it just wasn't spoken about. And she said, it's it's amazing and it's wonderful that, that people are finally able to talk about it. She said, your father never, he didn't even know what it was. It was never discussed, mm. never discussed. I was like, oh my God. Because how has it come to that? How did that actually happen? Do you know what I mean? But like, so much wasn't discussed. And it's, but is that Ireland? Is, is that is that our, our country mm -hmm. response from that? So. Is that to be just with you. generational across the board? Most countries, yeah. yeah. So that's a massive stigma to shake, isn't it? It is. It needs an overhaul. Yeah. Oh, it does. And fair play to, to Davina McCall yeah. because that's exactly what it needs. That program, she had a lot of well-known faces, but also an awful lot of just regular human beings citizens wonderful people talking about and obviously some people struggle more than others it's not a fair it's not a level playing field no, you know zero no. menopause so there's a lot of luck involved here um, and a lot of that will be how your mother got on yeah. um, but it was a real eye-opener what shocked me was only one in ten women are on HRT now. I was very shocked by that. And a lot of the reason for that was this study that came out more than 20 years ago. I don't know if you remember this, but there was a huge uh, fright. It was associated with breast cancer. HRT became associated with breast cancer. And overnight, 50% of the women who were on HRT came off it. Overnight, virtually. This doctor who, who 
delivered this paper did so much damage to women and because it has since been disproved completely. The link to breast cancer, you're talking four women in a thousand. It might affect. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, what they said was never... those four women were very likely to get breast cancer anyway. anyway. Yes. And all these women came off their HRT and it became a thing of, oh, no, a cancer association. And like, it's just, just the worst thing imaginable. Yeah. And also, okay. I mean, HRT now is vastly improved as well as to what sure. it used to be. But it just felt it was so sad that that they that that they were going through all of the things that they were going through and parenting and raising children and with no with no knowledge, no information, no empathy, no nothing. It was just, you had to just get on with it. And the changes mm. that, that, and the effects that that has on your day-to-day, um, just shocking. Oh, but you <laughs> listen, I mean, there's the horror stories out there, but still there's an awful long way to go. Do you know that in this program, it was revealed that two thirds of the women who went to their doctor with menopause symptoms were prescribed antidepressants. And isn't that shocking? Because the, the doctors are weren't even recognising it. No. And not only that, but they have never studied menopause as a module when they study medicine. Oh, it's not Jesus. something you have to study as a doctor. Oh. So you're going to see a person who knows as much about it as you Nothing. do, essentially, unless you're going. So that's why now there are lots of clinics that are for women that are just, you know, female, I go to one here, um, but they were showing on the map of England how there are very few in the North and very few, like, so some people are just dependent on their GP and the GP are putting loads of women on antidepressants. The antidepressant, by the way, doesn't cure those symptoms. No, 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 not, no, no, no. It's not the same thing. Oh, it was, yeah. it was such an eye opener. It was that's amazing so fun, that's what happens a huge amount, not exactly the same, but on a similar vein, when um, women who have recently given birth, um, that uh, they're, um, are, when they've Post, experienced yeah. postpartum blues yeah. Yeah. And, and postpartum depression, that they're put on antidepressants, which of course there are cases where that is correct and you know that they have been rightly um, uh, prescribed. But a lot of the time, um, what they're experiencing is because of the blood loss that happens through labor, that amount of blood loss, your iron levels dip and give the same um, symptoms as depression. depression. When actually, where doctors, this is where the doctors should be realizing um, what's going on, is that what they just need is an iron supplement. And the iron supplement will alleviate all those feelings of postpartum depression within. Yeah in weeks it's, yeah. as, it's as simple as that and, as, and an antidepressant is needed obviously this is all case dependent but another sure. thing that's overlooked by by the professionals yeah. mother of divine god it's women have not been well served oh, and no. are still not well served but it's improved dramatically but um yeah. the lack of knowledge around all of this the lack of discourse yeah. i just don't know how it's happened I, I should explain though to the people who are listening that which I find very funny is that you and Ellie are having hundreds of tests on every part of your anatomy checked before you leave Spain because it's so much cheaper to go to the doctor there and that's why you're being thoroughly checked from head to toe. Head to toe. There's no and you're dead right. right. Yeah. Not a you're bit not of my body. Orifice has not been looked at. You're dead right because honestly <laughs> I think there's a backlog here because of Corona oh, as well. Sure. Getting yeah. any appointments for anything is just all very slow and mm. so you're dead right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to. I don't think I'll be able to have the mammogram before I go because there's kind of a battle, backlog here as well. But anyway, look, it was... You probably the, get that very quickly. Listen, they're, they're looking great. That's any... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, she's after flashing us there. And they looked absolutely for, for our listeners, SJ, because it's so hot in Madrid, is just sitting in her bra, which we got we got a full view and we, we, you get the thumbs up from this mammogram. Oh, Betito. Oh, I'm cariño. Oh, que bonita. Las guapas titties. <laughs> <laughs> that actually that some of that was actual words very good Eva. very good I, I made something up a bit of gibberish oh I'm a fifth it just means nothing it probably does in some city somewhere that's like the London slang it means something somewhere <laughs> I do wish I could speak another language I do I'm, I, I don't speak another language do you Eva no. I have like very basic Spanish very very basic and I've as, as I get older I'm I'm forgetting more and more each each day so that was it you have pretty tits that's all I'm <laughs> I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Okay, will I tell you about this thing? I, I'm reading a book, by the way, that I think both of you will love. I'm going to hold it up to you. It's called Difficult Women um, by Helen Lewis, A History of Feminism and Eleven Fights. Um, now, it's not as heavy. It's not heavy. Like, it sounds like it is, but it, it's actually just a, a really brilliant book. And I know you'd love it. But there was one part of it I was reading, um, haven't gotten to the end yet, was about sport and it was about football and women's football in particular, which I've kind of started enjoying. And I'm watching the Irish women's football. They're doing brilliantly, as are the women's rugby team, uh, as are the women's hockey here doing, um, they're just doing incredible things. But it was only when I was reading the book that I suddenly thought, my God, we've been watching men playing sport all our lives. And I, I, I never really questioned it. Like when I was younger and we were watching football and watching even golf, it's just been wall-to-wall men playing sport for as long as I can remember. And Rugby, the yeah. only time you saw women doing sport was individual sport like tennis or gymnastics, or gymnastics. like you were mm. a fan of, SJ. Mm. Um, yeah, love but, and I just wow. always assumed that this was just, you know, it was as the times that were in it, women weren't allowed to play football. But what I didn't realize until I read this book was that at a certain time, women's football was big in the UK and it was because of the war. So after like the First World War, the munitions factories were, they didn't have the staff for them because all of the men were either were gone to war or killed. There was so much loss of young men's lives that they didn't have anyone to work in the munitions factories. So the women went to work for the first time and this was the reason. And when they came to their break times, they, they did what the men did and they started playing football. 
And some of them were very, very good at it. And at a certain point in history, they became quite well known, like during the war. And the teams sort of gathered a bit of momentum. And there was one, a couple of star players, one called this woman called Lily Parr, who was six foot tall when she was only 14 years old and apparently a phenomenal footballer and became quite famous in France, thanks to the Pathé newsreels. And at a certain point in England, they, were, they played to 50,000 capacity stadiums, the football. And then when the men came back from the war, the FA stopped it all. They, they banned them and they really? stopped it all. Yeah. Because it was so demoralising to the men to see that the women had sort oh. of taken over and, ha- and were popular and were doing really, really well and people loved watching them and they stopped and they and banned they threatened them. threatened by it. And they yeah, and the, the story in this book is of these particular women and this team and we're absolutely break your heart because it's a glimpse of what football could have been for women if it had been funded for all of those years and and instead they squat they quashed it such an incredible story though yeah 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 i mean you're gonna devour that book you're both gonna absolutely love it but yeah i never knew that i never knew that football had been a a thing after the war Uh, in, in England. And it's, it's, it's like it falling might... itself back, isn't it? I mean, I don't watch, I don't watch really sport at all, but I'm, am I right in saying that, that w- women's football now is, yeah. is quite strong? Like that it's there's... growing massively, yeah, and it is. And we have a wonderful football team and, and a wonderful rugby, rugby team. team. They're both doing really well. Mm. Um, but geez, my God, you don't, you don't, we don't see enough of them on the telly. It's like, no. come on, lads, would you give them all a bit more airtime? Mm-hmm. I'd never watched hockey on the telly in my life until a year ago when our the Irish women's hockey got to the final of like the World Cup. They were just unbelievable. And it was brilliant to watch. You don't even have to be a fan of hockey. They were just phenomenal to watch. But how did yeah. it happen? Like, I, I know how it happened. We all know historically that you know the patriarchy was the thing that you know led everything the world Mm. the country but how did they get away with it for so long how did they keep us down for so long but but the thing is that they're still keeping the women down in little ways like little example with Simone Biles right when she achieved she keeps achieving. She's the, the oh, world's sorry. Best Is this... gymnast. Oh, okay. gymnast. Okay. She's just extraordinary. She's an American. Um, and she won, you know, so many gold medals in the last Olympics. And the question was whether or not she's going to come out of retirement for the next one. And, uh, and, and yes, she is. So there was the big, um, the American um, the, um, showcase a couple of weeks ago. And she achieved something that, which she has done before, which no other woman gymnast has, which is a, you know, it probably won't mean anything to most, but it's a double Yurchenko pike on a vault, which is... Whatever it is, it's it very incredible. difficult. Really difficult and dangerous, but she's, she's so good. She keeps taking it to the next level. And what was, what was discussed was that she didn't get, the marks that she should have got because the judges believed it was too difficult for a woman gymnast to do. And yet when the men achieve things that no other men gymnasts have achieved before, they changed the point system. So for the women just gymnasts, it's, it's a different, it's like, oh no, that's, that's too dangerous. No other women should be doing that. But when and are so, we talking about? When, when this, is this? This was two weeks ago. 
Oh, right. stop. But like, this has always been the case, you know, like, I mean, so women, you know, women and men are always pushing themselves. Right. But, mm. but it, when it comes to the women competitors, it's, they just, even the, the scoring systems are made a little bit more difficult because they're saying this is too difficult and it's dangerous for other gymnasts who perhaps will want to try that and they won't be able to because they're not as good as you. So, it's, right. it, yeah, so no. they have to change the scoring the shackles, system. Because, the shackles are still there. Because, I mean, that was the whole thing with, like, um, uh, when Nadia Comaneci, uh, we were obsessed with gymnastics in our house, myself and my sister, and uh, she was the first gymnast to ever achieve a perfect 10 in an Olympics. Um, Even that gives anyway. me little shivers. I love oh, hearing yeah. that. Oh, it was amazing. Perfect tent. It's been perfect my dream tent. all my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a TV movie called Nadia and we watched that movie to death. We knew it off by heart. We used to go to bed at night, my sister and I, and we would just recount the whole film, word for word, word for Were word. Were you a gymnast, Esther? I was. Yeah. Now I See, was because you look like a gymnast. I was a gymnast at a Kerry County Community Games level, right? <laughs> like that's a, yeah, it's 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 a it, level. It was very, it was a level. It was a very basic level, right? Really, very basic level. But, um, but watching this film and the excitement, because when she achieved that perfect ten, the scoreboard hadn't progressed enough because no one had ever done that before. So when she got the perfect ten, it came up as one. Zero, zero. And everyone in the auditorium were like, one, only, only one. She only, got, she only got one. And then they made the announcement, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in the history of the Olympic Games, a perfect 10. And everyone was like, oh my God, oh my God. And then they had to change the scoring system from here on in so that, so that other people could get a 10. And that's what's happening now as well. Like, and it's so exciting, but it's also a reflection on how women can also break, break boundaries and change scoreboards and and that's fucking that should be celebrated like yeah absolutely encouraged of course it should yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and i and i say it to anyone who's listening who's in the in a in a position of being a broadcaster please can we see more team sport more female team sport yes. on the telly I, yeah yeah that's did a brilliant story. Did, did I didn't ever yeah. heard that about the, the scoreboard. Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. amazing. Dee, what's the name of that book again? Will you? It's called Difficult Women, uh, A History of Feminism in 11 Fights by Helen Lewis, who's a wonderful journalist. Great. Um, yeah, you'll love it. You'll really that's enjoy great. it. You really will enjoy it. Did either of you play any sports when you were younger? I played a bit of hockey at school, but I wasn't very good at it. Um, and then I uh, joined um, a running club when I was, I think about, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11. And I was pretty good at that. I did, I'd competed a lot. I did oh, a lot I of cross think, country. Yeah, yeah a lot of cross country. Like yeah, and um, I did sprints. I did um, uh, hurdles, but I wasn't very good at hurdles. I got very short legs, you see. <laughs> um, and then I, but then I discovered horses and I then sort of had to make a choice between the running and the horses. And I went down the horse, horsey route for a while. Right. And I did a bit Interesting that you had to make a choice. Most kids now just do everything. I know, they? yeah. They're burnt out. Yeah, I think it's because like my my parents, like every yeah, weekend for time. two years, they were bringing me to, you know, in dreadful weather, cross country, you know, um, races and, in, in, you know, pissed in the rain and, you know, yeah, on a Saturday morning. Or so I think that they actually, bless them, I think they enjoyed it to a point, but then when I decided I just wanted to do horse riding once a week, they're like, fine, yeah, okay. <laughs> we can do that. Great, <laughs> great. Let's narrow it down. Yeah. 
about you? Me, sport? Well, I was an Irish dancer as a child, so that was my childhood. I mean, it really was. I was at a fesh in some part of the country every week. I was quite good. I was quite mm-hmm. good. I mean, yeah, I went me to the World too. Championships. Um, oh, wow. Very yeah. good. Were you uh, also an you? Yes, you were an Irish dancer. I, I was an Irish you dancer, had this yeah. chat. Yeah. Was a, a Irish dancer. I didn't never made it to the world though, so you must have been very good now. Then. But like you did, like my mother. I had very few, very few photos. Very few. Somebody actually sent me one recently, and I was like, "Oh my god, there I am in the little dress, the World Championships dress." In order to dance in the World Championships, you have to be placed in either first, second, or third place in a province. Thanks for the God, the words came to me. Uh, Ulster, Munster, Leinster, Connacht. So I came third in Ulster. Uh, Channeling you, Eva, I did a dance called the Orange Rogue. Oh! (laughs) Were you wearing a bowler hat? (laughs) I was in a bowler hat and there was a bowler hat that did it. I did a little sash on me at the end. Uh, that was my sport when I was, uh, and then in secondary school, I wasn't great at anything. Uh, I was on the tennis team. We did. Oh, we, all right, played, we all played tennis in our house. Yeah, I we play tennis. I think you're quite posh if you're into tennis. If you're a tennis player, would you have been a posh child? Maybe. Definitely I don't think so. For well, the I sake of your parents who might be listening, just say yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we were very posh, girl. We were very posh. Let me tell you, I have a funny horse story, Eva. Um, so for, I love horses, think they're gorgeous animals. And for years, I just assumed, assumed that I would be able to ride a horse. I mean, to the point where I, I imagined that I could do it so well, like how hard could it be that I put it down as one of my special skills as, oh. well. as an actress. But now uh, we've all done that. You're not alone. We've all got yeah, horse yeah. riding on the seat. So you can <laughs> horse ride in Spanish if they want. This is it. So I had, I had horse riding down as the special, special oh, the skill. the special skill, I the one you're very good at, yeah. The, the period costume. I'm like, I oh, sure, listen, I'll get an old no, Every you. actor in the world has horse riding down as a skill. Yeah. So then yeah. cut None to. None of us can do it. Cut to. Or for me. Not just that. Not only could not do it, cut to. A couple of years later, I'm in Dublin and a friend of mine lives down um, in Blessington and she, they have a horse farm and she invited me down for the weekend. Such a, this is great, fantastic. Up I went on a horse for the first time and it was an old horse who wasn't going to trot too long. Next thing I know, I'm coming to in the bath because wow. I am so allergic to horses that I almost died. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, wow. And her mother was a nurse and I thankfully had a, an antihistamine strong oh, enough oh. To, to fling into me. And I am so allergic to horses that it was... Oh, my God. And That's so your special can, skill. And you took, it, special you took, it. <laughs> took it right off the CV. And then, sure, then I got the job working on War Horse. And I thought, Jesus, I better, <laughs> nip, better nip this in the bud. So I paid a lot of money to go to an allergist just to say, so listen, here's the deal. I've got a job and I really need it. Um, but I find it's called War Horse and I'm very allergic to horses. Can you sort of... <laughs> Of all the games. So you just had to keep away from the saddle, away from the horse? No, so basically, I, he did the thing, he did the test, you know, they put the little needles on you and I was allergic to all yeah. kinds of things, it turns out. You know, and it all kind of, I was very asthmatic when I was younger. And so it all kind of started to become very clear that there was a lot of environmental things, especially living in Kerry, that could have um, brought that on. And I, I don't have an, any asthma anymore. Um, 
And so when we got, he, so he basically gave me some very strong antihistamines to bring uh, on this job. And he the, just said, you can be around them, but just don't go anywhere near them. What are the <laughs> skills do you have? Uh, what are the classic skills that we put down as actors? I can't really remember. Uh, swimming, I think, and... Uh, for so and horse riding. Fencing was always fencing. on. Fencing. Everyone said yes. To never asked to fence. I no. was never asked, were you? <laughs> Uh, I never asked no. to swim, horse ride, or fence, but it was all there. Driving, there. driving is all driving. Special oh, yeah, skill. Yeah. And, and I have many embarrassing on-set driving experiences because I didn't learn to drive until about eight years ago. So I was very late to the game with it. So I spent fifteen years on jobs. Well, maybe ten of those years were years where I. I could get roles that would involve driving and I could I think if you move to a big city when you're in like in your 20s you don't yeah. learn to drive you won't you learn know, in exactly. London or New York exactly know, yeah. exactly and having just really embarrassing setups you know where crew would like push the car into shot you know and you'd sit there and behind the wheel going oh here I am driving into shot and there's like three men behind the car <laughs> and I remember it's really really embarrassing and I remember a director coming up to me at one point just saying and I must have been like, it might have been late thirties, being pushed into shot. And he, <laughs> me and he just went, "Would you just learn to drive? Just <laughs> sort it out." And like, have you? Right, have I you? Have, yeah, she has. Yeah, she does. <laughs> <laughs> Not cool. Yeah, so I did buy it. It's then. a horrible feeling. But even when you can drive, driving on camera is a pressure anyway. Oh my God. It's just absolutely. like, oh, Jesus, I have to hit a mark now. The car yeah. has to hit a. Yeah. yeah. And I remember I've actually, done it my, like first, it. my first TV job was Glen Rowe, and I couldn't drive, but I, my character had a car. And not just any old car, a Citroen Diane. Do you remember Citroen Diane's? I don't. Very old. I wouldn't be a car person. I think car oh. now. They have the gear stick is like up on the dashboard, oh, yes. and it's at an angle, and it's a whole like oh yes, ooh, I know exactly. Driver. It's a whole you know knack to it, yeah, and I, awesome. this was my car, and I had to drive this around the place, and then I had to drive a tractor. <laughs> drive, and they had me like the most difficult vehicles as you could imagine i was like winging it i just picture you trying to get up on the tractor <laughs> come here to me was this like one of your and first jobs lines then having to act I'm like oh jesus i can't get a thing into gear oh stolen and breaking oh, no, and i feel sick I, I feel sick because i've had that stress and it's just oh, and the time wasting you can see all the crew and the director going looking at their watches going oh jesus take 19 just fucking roll her into shot roll her into shot do you know what we'll just have her getting out of the car <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode which is called guapas titties if you like this and others please leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe or if you're listening to us on spotify give us an old follow it really helps keep the show going this podcast is part of the acast creator network planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.